Good morning. It is really good to be here with you this morning. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for all the opportunities that you have given us to serve. And we just pray, Father, you'll open our eyes and open our hearts to, to those that are in your kingdom that we can serve. Father, help us to be true servants like our master, Jesus Christ, is a servant. Father, we thank you for the words of Jesus. We thank you for these stories that we call parables that he told thousands of years ago. Father, words that still penetrate our hearts today. Father, help us to be moved by his words. Help us to be changed and transformed by his words. Father, help us to be people who have ears that will hear. Father, we pray this through Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. So we are continuing our series of kingdom stories. And throughout these summer months, we'll be exploring the parables that Jesus told. Parables where he invited others to join him in his kingdom. We find that parables were Jesus' primary teaching method. He used these metaphorical stories, often beginning with the words, The kingdom of heaven is like. And he used these stories to teach profound truths about his kingdom. And what it looks like to live as a citizen in his kingdom kingdom. And we talked last week about how important it is that each week as we're doing this, we take ourselves back. We take ourselves back in time. We take ourselves back in space, if you will, so that we can hear these words as Jesus's original audience heard them with first century Jewish ears. We want to do that. We want to go back and listen like we were there at the beginning, but that's not where we want to stop. We also want to bring these stories forward. We want to bring these stories forward so that we can see how they apply to us, how they should impact our lives, what impact they should have on our 21st century Christian lives. And we're going to find that each step in that process requires effort on our part. It's not easy. It's a challenge for us. There are general challenges in going back to that time and then bringing things forward. And with each parable, there are some specific challenges. And this particular parable has a couple of specific challenges. And for us to fully appreciate and understand what Jesus was talking about, we're going to have to take on those challenges. Today, we'll be listening to Jesus tell us the parable of the soils. We can find that parable in three different places. We can find it in the fourth chapter of Mark's gospel. We can find it in the eighth chapter of Luke's gospel. And we can find it in the 13th chapter of Matthew's gospel. And that's where we'll be focusing today. One of the, parab- one of the challenges that this parable presents for us is that it, like many of Jesus' parables, assumes a familiarity with farming practices. It's an agricultural parable. It's an agricultural parable told to people who lived in an agricultural society. So in that society, a familiarity with farming practices would have been assumed. It would have been shared by essentially everybody in Jesus' audience. But that familiarity with farming practices isn't something necessarily that this audience shares. Most of our experiences are really more related to our industrial society. Most of us are really kind of removed from the agricultural practices that produce food, that put food into the grocery stores, food on the restaurant tables, and food on our home tables. So we're going to need to do a little bit of catching up 
in order to understand what Jesus was talking about. And a second challenge for this particular parable, it's probably a challenge more for me than it is for you, is that this particular parable is one of only two recorded parables where Jesus not only tells the parable, he also explains the parable. He interprets the parable. He gives his own commentary, if you will, about his parable. So the question I had to ask myself and question you may be asking yourself is, since Jesus provided his own interpretation, since he provided his own commentary, is it really necessary to preach another sermon about this parable? But we're not going to just read it. Um, We could say that we just read this parable, we could take his interpretation and we could just go home, and I know many of you would be very happy about that. But we're not going to do that. What we're going to do instead is we're going to read it We're going to read Jesus' interpretation with it as we read it, but we're also going to provide some context, some context so that our 21st century ears can hear this parable like the first century ears heard it. So let's take a long trip. Let's go 20 centuries back. Let's go 7,000 miles away, and let's listen to Jesus tell us another kingdom story. And as we join this crowd... And as we listen to Jesus tell this story, we need to understand and know some of the things that have been going on, some of the things that everybody else in this crowd would have known, would have heard about, would have understood. And they would have known what was going on because they had been following Jesus. They had been watching Jesus. They had been listening to Jesus. They would have known the things that Jesus was doing. And if they hadn't been there to witness them in person... They would have heard from other people because these stories were moving from town to town. They were moving from house to house and they were moving from ear to ear. So Jesus, as he sits in a boat and as he talks to our crowd, our crowd that's gathered on the shore, looking out at the boat, listening to Jesus talk to us, we would know that Jesus has recently warned everybody, everybody who has ears to hear, that his gospel, his message... Following him must take priority over all other commitments that they might have in their lives. Jesus had said many things. One of the things that he had said was this. He said, anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever loses his life will find it, and whoever finds his life will lose it. So Jesus has been talking about the importance of him being first, him being primary in their lives. And also it become increasingly evident that the most religiously sophisticated people among this crowd are the very ones who are having the most difficulty accepting and understanding Jesus' teachings. They're having the most difficulty in accepting and understanding the nature of Jesus' kingdom. It's the teachers of the law. It's the rulers of the synagogue. It's the other religious leaders who are struggling mightily with Jesus and struggling mightily with his teachings. It's not the fishermen. It's not the tax collectors. It's not the prostitutes. It's not the widows among us who are struggling to comprehend Jesus' kingdom message but it's those religiously sophisticated among us who are having the hardest time understanding what Jesus is talking about. 
And this led Jesus to say some startling things like this. He said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, and you have revealed them to little children. And that should tell us a lot about the crowd that we're standing in. Unlike the dinner where we were last week, this crowd is remarkably diverse. As we're standing on the shore listening to Jesus, we have very different opinions of Jesus, and we have very different opinions of his message, and we have a wide range of reactions to his message. See, this crowd contains people with dramatically different responses to Jesus and dramatically different responses to his kingdom message. Some of the people standing with us on the shore have hard hearts. Some have hard hearts that Jesus' message just can't seem to penetrate. And kind of remarkably and surprisingly, most of those hearts belong to the ones who are most outwardly religious among us. There are others on the shore with us that have soft hearts. They hear Jesus teach, they hear his parables, they respond to his parables, but because their hearts are shallow, they leave the lake and they're unchanged. But there are others here among us that have soft hearts and they have deep hearts. They're going to hear Jesus' kingdom messages. They're going to hear his parables and they're going to leave determined to live Jesus' kingdom message out in their lives. It's going to prove too hard. It's going to prove too difficult. Too hard, too difficult because there's just too much competition in their hearts. There are other seeds besides those kingdom seeds that Jesus plants that have already taken root, that are already growing in their hearts. And Jesus' kingdom seed gets pushed aside by material things, by family life, by social life. But there's another group among us there on the shore listening to Jesus speak to us. And they have soft hearts, and they have deep hearts, and they have open hearts. They have soft, deep, and open hearts where Jesus' kingdom seed can take root and grow and produce kingdom lives. Produce a harvest. So we're standing among a diverse crowd. A diverse crowd who will respond to Jesus' message today in very different ways. But we need to understand that our different responses are due to our different hearts. Not because we don't understand this farming story we're about to hear. Because we're all in this crowd from a farming society. And as a farming society, we understand the significance of soil, that only good crops can come from good soil. And we understand the value of seed, that good seed is vitally important if there's going to be a good harvest. And especially we understand the importance of the harvest, because without the harvest, we all go hungry. We know that only good soil produces a good crop, and we know that only good seed produces a good harvest. And we know that we're all dependent on that good harvest. So now that we've taken ourselves back and we're in the crowd and we're standing on the shore, let's turn our attention to Jesus. Let's turn our attention to the boat. Let's hear Jesus tell his kingdom story. And let's also hear him tell us what it means as he tells the story. Jesus begins, a farmer went out to sow his seed. 
As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came, and they ate it up. And Jesus explains this part of his story this way. He says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Then he continues his story. He said, then some seed fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. And it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. And Jesus explains this part of his story this way. He says, the one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. Jesus continues and says, Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. He explains this part of his story this way. He says, The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth Choke it, making it unfruitful. Jesus continues with this story. He said, still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. And Jesus concludes his explanation of what this story means by saying, but the one who receives the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. And he produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. That's the story and that's the explanation. Truly a brilliant sermon, isn't it? Delivered and explained in just 258 words. In really less than a minute. You know, if Jesus was here today and stood in this pulpit instead of on that boat, he might say something like this. He might stand up in front of us and say, I am the gardener, and I'm planting my kingdom message in every one of your hearts. But you need to understand that some of your hearts are like these sidewalks out here that we all walked in on. They're as hard as concrete, and nothing I say seems to penetrate, and so nothing is ever going to grow in those hard hearts. And Jesus might say, and some of your hearts are like the xeriscaping you walked past on your way in here. Mostly rock, maybe a little bit of soil, and nothing that I seem to say ever takes root and endures in those hearts. And Jesus might say, and some of your hearts are like the ditch that's out here between our parking lot and the interstate. It's so full of weeds that nothing I say ever seems to grow through that mess to be seen by anyone in your hearts and in your lives. And Jesus might say, but some of your hearts are like this little island just east of the building out here where I planted a rose bush, a rose bush that grows and it thrives. And I take great delight in seeing 30, 60, or even 100 beautiful rosebuds in bloom. He said, your hearts are soft and they're open and they're fertile. It's a powerful illustration. It's full of powerful truths. But even though Jesus interpreted this parable for us, we shouldn't stop there. In fact, we must not stop there. 
Because just understanding the symbolism of this parable is not enough. We have to apply this parable. We have to live its kingdom truths. We have to allow this parable to penetrate our hearts. And for it to penetrate our hearts, there are questions that we have to answer for ourselves. There are questions that we have to answer about our hearts. We have to ask ourselves the question, what kind of soil am I? We have to ask, which of these soils describes my heart? And I want to tell you, this isn't a whole lot of fun. In fact, if you're like me, this is going to be more than a little uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for me because I find that my heart is a little hard. My heart is a little shallow. My heart has more than a few weeds. See, this will be uncomfortable, but it's something that we all need to do. So what I want us to do is I want us to take out our spiritual stethoscopes and let's give ourselves a heart exam. And we're going to give ourselves a heart exam by asking some questions. And the first question that we're going to ask in this heart exam, this first kingdom question that we're going to ask is, is my heart hard? Is my heart a hard path because of well-worn religious or cultural or family patterns? might put it this way, am I like those first century religious leaders spending my life following the familiar and comfortable paths that have been laid out by my church or been laid out by my country or been laid out by my family without recognizing that not all of those paths are kingdom paths. Not all of those paths lead to Jesus' kingdom. We need to know, am I on paths that lead me away from the very things that are held dear in Jesus' kingdom? Things that are held dear like mercy and peace. They're held dear like love and forgiveness. Things that are held dear like kindness and gentleness. Held dear like joy and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. We need to ask ourselves, am I on paths that lead me away from the very people held dear in Jesus' kingdom? People like the lost, people like the helpless, people like the hopeless, the hungry, the homeless, the widowed, the orphaned, the imprisoned, the addicted. See, in Jesus' kingdom, those things matter. In Jesus' kingdom, those people matter. And I don't know about you, but my heart exam reveals that my heart isn't hard towards all those things, and it isn't hard towards all those people, but my heart is hard towards some of those things, and it is hard towards some of those people. It's a painful exam. Question number two of our heart exam, is my heart shallow because it's been deprived of God's nourishment? We need to know, are our hearts malnourished because we've been neglecting to feed it by continually reading and studying and meditating on God's word? We need to know, are our hearts atrophied because we've been neglecting to exercise it by continually worshiping our God? We need to know, are our hearts silent because we've neglected to lift its cares to our God in prayer? We need to know our hearts dormant because we've been neglecting to use our hearts by joyfully 
serving others. And I don't know about you, but my heart exam reveals that my heart isn't nearly as well fed as is my stomach. It's a painful exam. Question number three of our heart exam. Is my heart fertile yet choked with the weeds of the world? And at least for me with this question, my heart exam moves from uncomfortable to very painful. It's painful because when I examine my heart, I see the weeds of materialism in my heart. I see the weeds of social status in my heart. I see the weeds of selfishness in my heart. I see so many weeds, I have a hard time counting all of the weeds. My heart exam reveals a a weedy heart. It's a painful exam. But the final question of our heart exam is, is my heart yielding a harvest? Can we see fruit in our lives? Is there love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control growing in our hearts, in our lives? And if you're like me, and I'm sure you are like me, your heart exam shows that your heart is far from perfect, but it's far from dead. It's not barren. It's not barren because the kingdom seed has been planted in our hearts and it has taken root and it is growing and there is a harvest. But I'm also sure that you're like me. You're not satisfied with just a little harvest. You want to maximize the harvest from your heart. You want a harvest that yields 30 or 60 or even 100 times what was planted in it. And in order for that to happen, we have to do some work. We have to do some work on our hearts. We have to do some work in our hearts. It's going to require that we prepare the soil of our hearts. But before we talk about that, before we talk about preparing our hearts to maximize that kingdom harvest, let's do one more uncomfortable exam by asking ourselves another question. See, I also think we need to ask ourselves, what kind of sower am I? How am I doing in sowing Jesus' kingdom seed? How are we doing spreading his word into the hearts of the crowds that stand around us? And specifically, I want us to consider that maybe we have just lost our focus. Maybe we have lost our focus when it comes to spreading the word in the hearts that are around us. See, I'm afraid that we have shifted from being what Jesus called us to be, and Jesus called us to be people who plant the seed. Plant the seed everywhere. Jesus called us to be word spreaders. And we have instead, I'm afraid at times, become devoted to being soil judgers. Soil judgers who withhold God's good seed until we're convinced that we have found good soil in which we can plant it. So I want us to answer this question. Has my focus become on judging the soil, judging the hearts around me? instead of focusing on judging whether or not I'm spreading the seed? Has my focus become judging the quality of the hearts before I'll even try to plant the seed? And again, I don't know about you, but for me, unfortunately, the answer oftentimes is yes. That has become my focus. More focused on trying to judge the quality of the heart before I'll even plant the seed. In my mind, sometimes it goes like this. There's no point in planting seed in that heart because it's obviously so hard. 
There's no point in planting seed in that heart because obviously it's very shallow. There's no point in planting seed in that heart because obviously there's so many weeds growing out of that heart that Jesus' seed could never take root. And that's a tragedy. That's a tragedy because, you know what? I found I'm a terrible judge of soil. And I want to stand before you and tell you that you too are a terrible judge of soil. We all are terrible judges of soil. See, if we focus on judging the soil, I guarantee you we're going to miss soft, deep, and open hearts. Those very hearts that Jesus tells us, Jesus promises, will lead to a great kingdom harvest. So we, you, all of us, we need to stop judging hearts and start trusting the quality and the power of Jesus' kingdom seed. We just need to get busy planting. And to be effective at planting Jesus' seed, effective at planting his word in other people's hearts, we need to be living his word. And to do that, we can't neglect our own hearts So we do have to prepare our hearts. We do have to prepare our soil. And to prepare our hearts for a great harvest, we will have to soften our hearts. We'll have to soften our hearts by practicing mercy and practicing sacrifice. Like the religious leaders in the crowd on the shore, we won't neglect our church. We won't neglect our worship times together. We won't neglect our communion time together. We won't neglect our obedience to God's word. But we also won't neglect the helpless. And we won't neglect the powerless. And we won't neglect the friendless. And we won't neglect the lost. We'll soften our hearts by opening our hearts to other people and their needs. And we'll prepare our hearts by allowing God to deepen our hearts. We'll open our hearts to God's nourishing food. We'll let his word speak to us. We'll let his people speak to us. We'll let his spirit speak to us and move us and direct us so our hearts will no longer be ours. But we'll, be, we'll have the deep, open hearts of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll also prepare our hearts, prepare our soil by gritting our teeth and removing those weeds that we find in our hearts. We'll identify the weeds that grow in our hearts. We'll confess those weeds to our God. We'll confess those weeds to our brothers and sisters. We'll ask God to remove the weeds. We'll ask our brothers and sisters to help us keep them removed. And we'll make room for Jesus' great kingdom harvest in our hearts and in our lives. And we when that harvest comes, and the harvest will come because God's word is powerful. Jesus' word is powerful seed. When that great kingdom harvest comes, we will rejoice together in the harvest. And we'll also stop focusing on judging the quality of other people's hearts. And instead, we will broadcast the seed of Jesus' kingdom over all the land into every single heart. And we'll understand going in, some of that will never take root. And some of it will sprout and it will quickly wither. We also understand that some of it's going to be choked out by the cares of this world. But some, 
some is going to bring an unexpectedly great harvest. And then, and then we will rejoice in the power of God's word and in the glory of his great harvest. Let's prepare our hearts. Let's prepare our soil and let's broadcast the seed. Let's broadcast the word into the hearts of everyone who's around us. We have dedicated ourselves to being servants of the Lord. And once more, I'm going to ask everybody to stand up and we're going to reconfirm our commitment to serving the Lord with a little bit of a twist, a little bit of a change tied to today's message. So everybody, please stand up. I'm going to ask the question, Netherwood Park, will you choose this day whom you will serve? And if you would echo back to me the words that you see on the screen behind me. Netherwood Park, will you choose this day whom you will serve? As for me and my heart, we will serve the Lord of the harvest. Let's serve the Lord. Say, Lord, like a shepherd,